Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Jennifer Ross. Well, today's episode, a mother and daughter abducted, robbed, and shot in broad daylight at a busy Boca Raton mall at Christmas time. Okay, how many red flags are there? Middle of the day, Boca Raton, busy mall. How does this happen? Unsolved. Oh, that's horrifying. I remember as a kid, early 70s, my mom went to the Hudson Mall in a suburb of Detroit with her friend Lila Baker. <laughs> okay. And just as they got out of the car, yeah. a woman with a huge afro comes around the side of the car and takes Lila by the arm and puts a gun to her chest. And then a guy kind of dressed like Superfly, apparently he was her pimp, he took my mom and they robbed him. At that time, this would have been like 1972, uh, one of the security guards drove by and my mom did like the big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be doing big eyes too. Hello. Nothing. He kept driving. Are you kidding my me? My hand to God. So then they got away and they threw Lila's uh, wallet in the ditch and they had her, her license. So every time like the shade snapped up in the bathroom, she thought she was shot. Oh, jeez. But I mean, they got, they got away unscathed they, they other got than it. they got robbed. Right. Ten years later, she's living in Florida. They apprehend the woman. My mom picks her out from a lineup. They fly her up back to Detroit Come to on. testify. She picks her out. Like nine years later, before the statute of limitations ran out, and she looks completely different with her hair slicked back. She doesn't have on a big wig. And my mom still picks her out. Holy <laughs> you, cow. You don't forget. I say, no, you don't mess with your mother. Yeah, but you also don't forget when you're held at gun. I, have you wow. ever been a victim of a violent crime? No. Will you carry? And no one's going to mess with me. I'll shoot you. You'll never get that close to me. I'm sorry. Well, what you're going to hear on this episode is it happens so quickly and uh, so unsuspectingly. Because as you said, it's Christmas time at the Boca Town Center Mall. Which, it's like one of the yeah. highest end malls in the South Florida area. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. You don't go shop there unless you got money. Right. You know what I've noticed, however, when I'm the most cautious is when I have my granddaughter. Let me tell you, women with kids... Huge vulnerability there. Huge. When I'm putting her in her car seat, it's a nightmare because I got to climb in the back, got to put her in the car seat. Make, and in the meantime, traditionally, what somebody will do is you start the car because you want it to be cooler. You put your stuff in the front seat. You got the baby. I open up the back door. I climb in, put her in. Now, in the meantime, while I'm climbing in to put her in, somebody could easily jump in the front seat, either grab all my stuff or worse, get in the car and drive away with me in it and her in the back seat. Well, this is actually a case of two moms and two children, and two of them don't make it. And one of the cases is exactly what happened, what you're describing. Really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So this is a scary story because we still don't know who did it. And this is from 2007. And, and you know what the interesting part about this is? It was never repeated anywhere else. No. I mean, the Boca Raton Town Center Mall, I took my daughter there from Broward because it's one of the nicer South Florida malls right. rather than going south. I mean, Aventura is nice, but it's got all the high-end stores, Neiman Marcus and Saks. Great and all places the, to eat. Great places to eat. The, yeah, it's fantastic. And you think it's Boca. It's safe. Yeah, yeah. it's just west of 95 off of Butts Road with two T's. I don't get that. It's the name of a person. Leroy oh, Butts. Oh, his real name. Oh. I made that up. <laughs> Under the bleachers by Seymour Butts. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there's really nothing like the stress of Christmas shopping, and nothing says Merry Christmas more than just being, you know, held up and at gunpoint. Oh, this, But this is a horrific story. This yeah. isn't like your normal, you're getting, you know, robbed in the parking lot. No. But you need to be careful at Christmas time, especially. You've got packages and things like that. 
So this 47-year-old woman, Nancy Bocchicchio, and her 7-year-old daughter, Joey, they were Christmas shopping, as I said, and in 2007, they entered through the door between Sears and Neiman Marcus. I, I, I'm sorry, I never go through Sears because I don't need, like, power tools or anything. <laughs> but they, they went in those two doors. Okay, I know exactly where they went you in. You know that is? Okay. Mm-hmm. And after spending about an hour in the mall, I guess they spritzed on some perfume and looked at a few things, they exited through the same door. This is about 2 in the afternoon. Is there video of this? Yes, and it's the last time they were ever seen. Wow. Mother and daughter walking out of They have no the videos in the parking lot? No. No cameras? No. Wow. The only indication later on that anything was wrong, a failed 911 call from Bakikio's phone. How did it fail? Bad cell zone? It's interesting, right? Wow. So that was about two in the afternoon. About midnight, a security guard finds their vehicle, doors open, running, still running, idling, in the empty garage. It's like the only vehicle in there. And he calls you know, the security, and then they call police, and they come in and they find the mother and daughter. And we'll get to exactly what happened there, but there was another incident that happened prior to the Bukikios being abducted. And Captain Matthew Duggan, he's the, with the Boca Raton police, he investigated both of these crimes. And he found a similarity between the two crimes. Oh. The one that happened with the mother and the daughter, the Bakikios, and then one that happened in August. So this was before, in 2007, before December. Like three months. Yeah, and he said that there were some definite similarities. As soon as we responded to the scene, there was some parallels to the August case. We immediately knew that there was definitive links between that case and the August case. So so what happened in the August case? Okay, so prior to the Bakikio's abduction, another woman and her two-year-old son were abducted at gunpoint from the very same parking lot mall. Oh, so somebody was definitely targeting moms with small kids. Yes. They're, and easy, they're easy target. They really are easy targets. I've been there. I know. She doesn't want to be identified, so we'll call her Jane Doe. Okay. And she drove up frantically to the valet at the town center and said, I've been abducted and kidnapped from this mall at gunpoint. And they probably thought she was crazy. She survived. Well, she had zip ties and, you know, traumatized. The kid was crying. She tells the story. It's just uh, a harrowing experience. She says that um, just like you were describing, the woman was strapping her two-year-old son in his car seat that August afternoon and a man appeared and fixed a gun to her child's head. So she's oh like up God. at the, and she turns and there's a guy with a gun on the child's head. I'm telling you, because the car seats when the kids are little. He's two. Yeah. Are traditionally in the middle of the back seat. So right. you have to climb in to put him in it. There's, unless you got extremely long, strong arms, there's no other way you're going to do it. So you are really vulnerable. Your back's to everything. Your door's open. I, I, I can see it's an easy target. So he says, get in. <gasps> so in, in this first incident, he was waiting for them. And she's alive, so she can tell us about it. So he turned the gun on her then and told her to drive. She had a black Lincoln Navigator from the Nordstrom parking lot. So not Neiman Neiman Norcus, (laughs) not Neiman Marcus, but Nordstrom. And she drove to an ATM and she withdrew $600 from her account. See, now this is where I'd get killed because I don't have 600 bucks to withdraw. So do I get shot when that happens? Well, you're going to find later on there's another incident that is or is not tied to these two. And she didn't have any checks, any ATM, and her credit cards were maxed. So he was, yeah. So anyway, she describes him as 
five feet six inches tall, but other descriptions have him at six feet tall. But what they do say is his hair was pulled back in a ponytail. He wore dark glasses and gloves. His face was covered by a floppy hat. And she said that she feels that she wasn't killed was because she didn't put up a fight. And she gave him what he wanted. The money, she didn't struggle, you know, she just... And she and he even commented that the kid was really good. In fact, the kid fell asleep at one time. They went on the turnpike. Wow. And then How her, long did he have her for? They were gone for about two hours. And, and her ex-husband or husband kept calling. And the, the suspect's like, who is this guy? And she said, look, it's my son's father. We're going through a custody battle, and he's worried I was going to take off with him. So she wanted him to think that people were looking for her. This is a smart woman. Yes. Was that all a lie? No, he kept calling. No, but I mean the custody battle part. Yeah, I think so. So he bound her ankles with zip ties, cuffed her, fastened her neck to the headrest. And then at one time he cut the twist tie from her headrest. Just like Bukipia. Yes. So he drove her back to the mall near the Sears entrance and he placed these swim goggles on her eyes. They were blacked out with duct tape. And at one point then he cut the zip tie uh, from her neck. But before he left her, he said, remember, I have your driver's license. So if you go to the police, if I see any of this on the news, I know where you live. How terrifying is oh that? Good, you know, yeah, see, that's 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 another grade of evil. Yeah. So fortunately, she and her son were let go after a two-hour drive up and down the turnpike, dropped off at the same place where they were abducted. And here's Captain Duggan again. She said that she had been abducted from the mall along with her small child by an individual that she later described as being about six foot tall, possibly Brazilian, long ponytail, driving gloves and a floppy hat and glasses. Glasses. Where's she from? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Sexy. <laughs> So she provided information that led to a sketch of the man. Uh, and they involved the FBI as well because did you know that carjacking is a federal crime? No, I did not. Yes. So the FBI also got involved and they set up a task force. But uh, she was able to provide a lot of information. He says six feet tall. So he went from five, six to six feet. I don't know how tall the guy is. But no one's been arrested. But Boca. Police believe that these two incidents are linked, and we'll get to the Bukikio murder, but a little bit more on what happened with this first incident. She indicated that she had been abducted as she left the mall at gunpoint, driven to a bank in the area, forced to withdraw money, taken to a secondary location where she was tied up again in a, in a different manner. There were some unique features to the way she was restrained. Handcuffs were used, zip ties were used, and there was a form of sensory deprivation on her eyes where she was put initially with glasses on, and later she was put on with goggles with a sponge inside them. Weird, right? This guy's creepy. He's super creepy, and I can't believe they never caught him. Nope. Nope. And this has been, that was on America's Most Wanted three times, which is really weird because Adam Walsh, John Walsh's son, taken from a Hollywood mall. Remember? Oh, well, I remember. The mother dropped him off, mm-hmm. and they found his head in a canal. Right. Yeah. So same thing. It was really, but three times nothing. There's no DNA. There's no evidence about this guy. It's so strange. So that's August, and she's been able to help with the description, and they think he's from Miami. They well, think he's somebody from Miami. Well, how do you how do you think this woman feels though? Ever since this happened, I bet you she lives in fear every oh, yeah. day that, you know, she looks over her shoulder. I hope she went and she took some self-defense classes after this and carries a gun. Well, whatever she did, she did everything right because she's alive. 
well, if it's she the had same money guy. and she, yeah, well, we don't know. You're right. So December 12th, 2007, the bodies of Nancy Bacchicchio, 47, and her seven-year-old daughter, oh, Joey. How horrible. Found by that security guard in their still-running sport utility vehicle in the parking lot of the town center mall. This guy likes SUVs, too. Black SUVs. That's right. Because they were in a Chrysler Aspen SUV, and I believe uh, Jane Doe was in, what did I say, Lincoln Navigator? Yeah. And then there was somebody else I'm going to tell you about that they are linking to. She was in a black Mercedes SUV. Wow. Later on in the evening, this, as I said, they walked out of the mall at two, and later on, like midnight, the vehicle, the Chrysler Aspen, was found running in the empty parking lot at the mall, and the security guard made a gruesome discovery, and he waited for um, the police to show, but inside the bodies of Nancy and Joey sitting in their car seats, gunshot wounds to their heads, like execution, execution. style. Zip tie had been placed around Nancy's neck. And then there was a broken pair of novelty handcuffs dangling from Nancy's wrists. So they don't know if she broke free. One report said she had her wrists were broken, but it was the handcuffs that were broken. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were wearing goggles covered in black cloth, just like Jane Doe, that would prevent them from seeing their location. And they were forced to wear... Uh, so she never even knew she was going to get shot, probably. How scary would that be when you know your child's in the back seat? And and how horrifying is if he killed the kid first? Yeah, who went first? Oh. Who went first? Uh, I'm sure the uh, the medical examiner probably figured that out, unless it was almost instantaneous. Oh, man. So, um, this guy's just pure evil. Yes. So I'm saying it's a guy, right? It's just one person? Well, they think as it's the same know. guy, yeah. Well, the, because of the goggles and the... De- sensory deprivation and the twist ties and the duct tape. You know, it, it sounds like some form of uh, torture, like slow torture, like, you know, the Japanese water torture, as they talk about. But maybe it's, you know, indicative of certain nationality. And you know I what I mean? Yeah, I can't. But like yeah, the well, Italians they, do the they Brazilian. <laughs> that so. He may be Brazilian. So maybe from that's Miami, why. and they say that uh, Bukikio's personal effects, including her cell phone and credit cards, were located in Miami. Mere hours after the crime, her bank records also indicated she has withdrawn money during the time that she and her daughter were abducted. So they know she got money out for him as well. Either that or she gave him the information and she was already dead and he was doing it on his own. Right. Because they can't say where they were killed other than they were in the car. There was a shot of, I think it's Jane Doe with him in the car at the ATM. You can just see a shadowy figure of him in the car. See, now, if this happened today, they'd probably have much better cameras. Oh, yeah. And I bet you anybody at the town center mall has cameras everywhere now. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. So, as I said, the FBI got involved because carjacking is a federal crime. And the FBI has very valuable tools that could help them. They set up a task force. And, you know, they've got uh, criminal behavioralists. They can do the, you know, the... Profile. Profiling. Mm-hmm. And what's the, the, the... With the photos where they can... Face rest, yeah, facial, fa- rec- facial recognition. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, here's the FBI agent, John McVeigh. Somebody who performs this extensive work, it's more than just a standard robbery. I mean, it's more of a control. Did the person have some issues personally or whatever with people? Something like this where it's not like a standard carjacking, something that you really have to look at and then have to delve into why does the person do this? Wow. Exactly. Well, for money? Because he's not getting a lot of money. Well, Did if he intend? Yeah, but if he's doing it every day or once a week, you're getting six, seven hundred bucks. It's cash. No one's, you know, coming after you for it. You're not paying taxes on it. Yeah. 
It's, it, it adds up, and I bet you he's done it somewhere before. But this is what amazes me is you can't tell me this isn't being done somewhere else. With the goggles. They're like swim goggles with wow. weird sponges in them. And so the investigation determined that he bought the zip ties and duct tape used in the crime in Miami. So somebody saw him buying these. Somebody has seen him. And the woman who was abducted before the Bakikios did give the physical description. A Caucasian male, maybe Brazilian in his 20s, about six feet tall. Ponytail, likely from Miami. So it's just very unnerving that someone would have seen him buying these things in Miami. And the cell phone was found in Miami. But as I said, somebody knows something, and Captain Duggan says this is an unsolved case, but the guy's still out there, and it needs to be top of mind even today in 2019. Well, the important thing to take away from this is it tells us that our suspect has been there. And if he's been there, somebody potentially saw him. We need to keep this in the mind of the public. We need to keep this out there. We need to garner the public's attention, because we firmly believe that somebody knows something. And it's getting that person either something to trip in that person's mind to say, you know what, I should call them because I remember this has been bugging me for years. Or maybe something today is occurring in that person's life. Maybe something's changed in that person's life. Where they're more comfortable coming forward with information for us. You know, maybe they were afraid to come forward in the past. We're still working this. We're gonna continue to work this. And if you know something, Please come forward. I, you know, I give credit to the Boca Raton Police Department for being so diligent with this because it's been years. Well, like if you were taken and like Jane Doe, and she doesn't even want to say who she is, but he's told her, I've got your driver's license. So maybe you finally moved and you feel like you can come forward. No, or, you know, see, I would always think he's following me. You know, at this point, if there has been no other crimes, though, I would assume it's this guy weird. got on a plane and went back to Brazil or whatever country he was from. Yeah, so no arrest, but initially there were two suspects questioned, 40-year-old David Goodman and a homeless guy named Charles. They were the only original suspects in this murder investigation, and for some reason authorities didn't confirm, but Charles was in possession of Bakikio's phone in Miami at some point. After the murder, he willingly gave it to authorities. He said he found the phone in a parking lot, knew nothing about the murder, and Goodman was taken for questioning regarding an unrelated stolen car, but was never found to have any knowledge of the murders. That the homeless guy? Yeah, and yeah. I, they were both, I believe, African-American. So they weren't even, like, they didn't they fit didn't the description. Fit yeah, yeah, okay. So today, there is a reward of $400,000 being is offered. Is there really? It's like half a million dollars. So you've got all of this incentive. You've got wow. you've got a drawing of the suspect to work from what can I I don't mean to interrupt again but what about these women's husbands I I know you the one we said was in a custody battle but if that's the case doesn't this guy want to know what's going on or Bukikios you know the father and the husband I I remember he was pretty staunch and, and always on TV you know I mean the guy was devastated well and so was Nancy Bukikios sister right her name is Joanne Bruno and she just hopes that the killer is going through half of what she's going through. I hope every day he goes through what I go through, that his mind is never at peace. That when he goes to bed at night, he worries that the next day he's gonna get caught because every night and every morning I wake up saying, this is gonna be the day. Wow. Pretty heavy. That is heavy. But there's another case. Now, I've seen it, there was a piece done on Oxygen Channel 
regarding this, and they linked these together. Boca Police, on the 10-year anniversary last year, did not link this case to it. See what you think. Okay. It happened in March 2007. So you have March, and you have August, August, and and you have December. Randy Gorenberg was killed in the afternoon after shopping at the town center mall. There's a similarity. I remember this case, too. Okay. She was carjacked, they believe, in her black Mercedes-Benz GL450 SUV. So there you have a black SUV. Another one. Another one. Uh, Driven around. Same as the other two. Before she was shot in the head. Oh. And dumped her body behind the South County Civic Center next to Lawton Childs Memorial Park about 1.45 p.m., middle of the day. Just like the Bokikios. Well, he dumped her and then the car was found at a Home Depot. So a little difference there. And someone heard a gunshot and they saw the woman being dumped out of the car, out of the passenger seat. On the day of the murder, a witness called 911 after hearing the gunshots and the woman being pushed out the passenger side of the black Mercedes SUV. Assailant took off in her vehicle and when it was later found in a nearby Home Depot, as I said. And Detective Bill Springer worked the case for years and I don't know if they've linked this to the Bikikio and the Jane Doe situation, but there's so many similarities. He seems to like black SUVs. Let's start there. He seems to like the town center mall. That's number two. There's got to be a, there's got to be a ton of other similarities that they don't tell you about. But what's interesting with this one is that he didn't get much money. She didn't have a checkbook. She didn't have an ATM, and her cards were maxed out. So that might be why he shot her because he didn't get anything. He was frustrated. But she was a mother of two. She had shopped at the mall, left at about 1.16, and they didn't know what happened in the half hour leading up to the killing. So if she drove around or what happened. But he believes, uh, Springer, the detective, believes the motive was robbery, and the guy realized he wouldn't get a lot of money from her. Yeah, but see, if the Boca police aren't linking them, then they know something that we don't, which means they have more information that they're not releasing that only the killer would know yeah, about, and the- which they always do. They took, uh, the person took her purse, her cell phone, and her white Puma sneakers. Okay. Have never been recovered. Whereas Nancy's stuff was found in Miami. Well, maybe he sold it somewhere else. So there's been different theories over the years, potential suspects, but so far, nothing. You know, you think about this. In this day and age, with DNA, with surveillance, with everything in the world that they have as far as high-tech stuff in the crime lab, you would think they'd be able to find this guy. That's the scariest part about all this. This guy's still wandering around, and hopefully he's not around here anymore. Well, he has had gloves on, too, and the hat, and, you know, you couldn't see him. But the gloves, obviously, so there's no DNA, there's no hair from this guy. He's got a long ponytail. Yeah, it's got to be. You would think it was something. But if he's not in the system... What good's it going to do? And if he doesn't end up in the system another time for whatever reason, if he stopped for speeding or it's a drug charge or whatever and they arrest him, well, they'll never run him as prints. Well, it'd have to be felonious for the, the right. swab for the DNA. So Joanne Bruno, uh, Nancy's sister, Nancy Bacchicchio's sister, has never given up on finding her sister's killer and the killer of her niece. And she kind of reminisces about where the niece would be today. Ten years later, she'd be 17. She'd be going off to college. She missed her time to drive, to make communion, confirmation, graduation. She missed everything that brings all the joy to a mother. To me, it's her aunt and her godmother. I mean, they were my my life. They were my children. They were everything to me. We were always together. 
So don't forget, there's a $400,000 reward for any information. And if you go to our website, a50wftl.com, we've got a picture of the the suspect sketch up there. Yeah, you know what? And, and, and I guess the biggest thing to take away from this is, and I'm, I was the worst until my ex-husband beat it into me, situational awareness. Yes. I don't get out of the car here at the radio station. In the morning, I wait. I look around. If I don't have my gun with me, I put my keys in between my fingers. You ever do that? Yeah. It's a nice weapon. Okay. But you're armed. They weren't. I know. But so even, what are you going to do? But He's got a gun. Even if you're armed, and okay, say, say okay. Like my mom, she was unarmed and, you know. But I'm just saying, if you're even if you're armed, and if a guy comes up from behind you, if you're, you're not strong enough, you're done. You know, so it's it's more situational awareness than anything else. And I can tell you, I'm surprised a car seat, a baby car seat company hasn't figured out how to put a baby in the back seat without you being so vulnerable. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. telling you, try to do it. Try to put something in the middle seat, uh, in the middle of the back seat. You literally have to climb in. You at least got to step in. Right. And plus they have to face backward. You know, it's right. just completely. So it's, it's it, you're, you're, you're just right there out in the open. Very vulnerable. But just watch your situation. Yeah. When you ever go into a building, same thing. Figure out how to get out. Well, that's the thing. The video of the Bikikios leaving the mall, there's no one following them. And so Jane Doe said he was lying in wait for her. So he must have been waiting at the car. She gets the car and then the guns to the kid's head. What are you going to do? You're going to do whatever been, he said. He might have been in the car already. You don't even know. Yeah. So don't forget there's a reward for any information that leads to arrest, conviction in these unsolved killings. I hope they catch the bastard and burn him. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Jennifer Ross. Thank you, Karen Curtis. That's the latest episode of Full Rigor.